great, actually. I was thinking about it. But anyway, yeah. Oh, 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 and what, what is that theme, Olympia? Well, I, I, was, I have an opener before we get to the theme. Oh, you have an opener? Have... Oh, go on, let's get into it. Yeah. I was, trying to, I was trying to segue before even the way was established. I had, uh, like, what, looking back, was a very inevitable experience. Um, I had sex. <laughs> Congratulations! I did it! I did it! <laughs> you did the sex. Do you want to tell, tell the world about it? Oh. I say the world. I mean, all 69 of our listeners. I like it turns out that it's actually really important. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes, it is incredibly important. But I think you said this like what episode, maybe like uh maybe it was on or off the podcast. No, you said it on the podcast where you were like, the thing is that being really horny doesn't necessarily lead you to having good sex. In fact, it very often yeah. leads you to having bad sex. But like so like it's annoying that horniness is the thing that drives you to sex because it usually drives you yeah. to the wrong kind of sex. Um and often you have the best sex when you're not really that horny, you're not really looking for it, right? Um, yeah. And uh, it turns out that in this case, that wasn't the case. I had really good sex, even though I really wanted to have sex. Yeah, no, that's fine. No, it's fine to really want to have sex, but it's another thing to like, uh, to like uh, stand in a dark room for a couple of, like stand around in a dark room waiting and staring. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, yeah. No. Yeah, that's, well, this, these are very. Yeah, this, it, for me, it was different because it was a very bright room. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> what were you, uh, you were getting with a heterosexual on the down low who had some overhead lighting or something? No, I, I hooked up, I hooked up with this guy and I was writing to him and then I said, what are you... Does he listen to this podcast? No, no. So you can just say everything. Like, yeah, like I'm not going to go too far into details, but just, just like... Uh, it's fine, just about six inches is... <laughs> I'm not going to go balls, balls deep into details. Balls but... deep. <laughs> um, I... God, I, I won't be happy until you're dripping with information. <laughs> I um, wrote to this guy and then he said, uh, I said, what are you up to? And he said, uh, connection, like blah, blah, blah. And I think he thought that I meant, what are you up for? Like, what are you looking for? And then as soon as someone on Grindr says that they're looking for connection, it usually means that they're, they're capable of having decent sex. I think it's a code. Okay. I think it's a code. Because yeah. if, if, you, if you say to someone, like, what are you looking for? And they're only able to describe a series of, like, disembodied acts or, like, embodied acts. But, yeah. like, like, and then, you know, talk about, like, as a, a series of discrete acts, then usually they're yeah. not going to be very good to have sex with. Yeah, 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 yeah. I live in the worst part of Berlin for Grinder. Really? Like, whatever. Yes, like if you, yeah, if you're like on uh, 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 the far end corner of Tempelhof and you're on Grinder and you're listening to this, you should be ashamed of yourself, you normative cunt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, if I go even slightly out of my area, like the standard selection on Grinder, apart from uh, one, one, one very nice gentleman who lives on the same street as me, we had a nice time, got each other's numbers, and of course haven't texted each other since because it's been a pandemic and everything's weird. Um, but, uh, but, and he's definitely not listening to this podcast, so I don't know why I care about his emotions in this set. Uh, uh, anyway, anyway. Yeah, I care yeah, about like, some like... people who don't listen to this podcast. Sometimes I yeah, care but... about their feelings. Um, I, um, what I've learned from having sex is that, um, like, you just have to, you have to have it. You just can't not. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, 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 totally. Yes, no, you do. But I, uh, like, uh, so it's my like... self-esteem after sex is like... <sighs> Yeah, I guess that. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally that. But also just like, it's just, it's a different kind of hunger. You just have to eat that. You just have to eat sex. You just have to eat that. Um, and and I, like, I think I just kind of realized, okay, so this is a need. So then it, it's necessary to try and find safer ways of satisfying that need as like a single person in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. You've got an itch to scratch for which you need assistance. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like you're leading somewhere there. It's just like, <laughs> I, I think it's just like, there's a number of things that I'm organizing in my life. Like uh, I'm doing yoga almost every day. I meditate a lot. I, I practice cello almost every day. There's like lots, I'm, I'm teaching myself to cook. Like there's all these things that I'm sorting out. I'm starting a new research phase. And it's like, well, another thing that I have to organize is a safer way to have sex. Because I'm just not going for the rest of this pandemic without doing it. I'm not. Yeah, something I need to organise is just transitioning. Like, just, <laughs> like... <laughs> That's what my agenda... Yeah, you've really got to get around to that, huh? <laughs> Take that one New off the year, list. New me! <laughs> yeah, I'm like, give me the fucking titty skittles already. Yeah, it's been like really stressed about it though in loads of ways because I'm just kind of like, oh my God, does this mean I have to like do this every... Like I have like like spots and like all over my fucking chest from like waxing and all these things and stuff and I yeah. just kind of like apply. And I was just like all this stuff and getting really, really stressed out. And then suddenly I remembered, wait, hang on a second. Hang on just a minute. I am... Uh, when I put my mind to it, uh, a drag queen of some note. And I do, yes, understand lots of techniques of female impersonation, which are funny to Dom for the purpose of stage and uh, for twisting and warping and making, you know, all these sorts of things, stuff like that. But also, I'm actually really, truly a bra-burning feminist. And I, just because I need to transition does not mean I need to then suddenly stop being a bra-burning feminist and, like, just let every... And just basically... so And also, as well, I realise as well that I am going to need to ultimately, long-term, like, my my niche is going to be the kind of pervert who likes to fuck a sandpaper fleshlight. So that that will be... <laughs> the, yes, something that nice. Your, that's your, that's, that's your, like, your market for, like, potential lovers is people who want to fuck a sandpaper fleshlight. Yep, I'm thinking about getting an OkCupid profile with the name Stubble Woman. <laughs> oh, I'm understanding. I'm understanding the 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 um the uh, the sandpaper part now. So the sandpaper. Is yeah, no, no, no. The sandpaper. No, but it's also. I'm just very. It's also. As well, no, it's Are you going stubble like, on I'm the a... inside of your mouth? No, no, no. But I'm also just quite a gritty person. Uh huh. Yeah. As you may well know. <laughs> I'm just imagining someone like some sort of Hollywood studio executive, like talking about like, like, like something being gritty. You know how they do yeah. like a gritty remake of Batman. And so they've got That's like, it's like getting with me. <laughs> it's like, a, it's like, try this drag queen. It's like a gritty drag queen. And you walk out and you're like, all right. <laughs> all right I, no, no. I'm a very, I'm a very lubricated drag queen, but I'm a very gritty. Like, I think just as a person, gritty. It's like someone who's got to be like very happy, like wading for hours through sand dunes or something. I just finished like, reading June. You just finished reading June, there we go then. Yeah, yeah, like that level of like drama, I think that that's what basically a relationship, and it's like sci-fi monstrosity yeah. is what ultimately a long-term relationship with me would be like. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so yeah, Especially I think, when the psychic, 
I think yeah. there are there are definitely definitely some people out there that need some Lovecraftian horror in their sex life, and I'm sure that you could be <laughs> that that like the 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 fork tongued babe to provide them with that. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, but this is also as well. This is just because this is like have revelations about my gender identity and like what I need to do for that. But what I realise what matters much less than my gender is whether or not I'm sexy, and this should be the primary focus. So wait, what? It should be the pro- focus for who I'm lost for you, me. So yeah. you should. Do you think you should focus more on your gender or more on being sexy? No, I sort of have to do my gender. Sort of like I have to do my taxes, which is like I will inevitably have to like go and get like a certain like piece of paperwork to go somewhere else to get another thing. Yeah. To like conform to like the the administration of hormones, etc., 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 to my body, which will like balance my mood and basically not make me want to just feel like suicidal on a day to day basis. Yeah. And uh, hurrah! And um, but then, um, uh, but, but the then thinking about being sexy is the fun part. Yeah, no, but also, no, 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 just being sexy. Like, I think that my gender is irrelevant to some stranger I'm going to meet in the street. Yeah. Versus whether or not I'm sexy. Yeah. Like, that can be, like, like show things. But what also you are uh, displaying here is primarily is that Judith Butler's notions that bodies have to be, uh, have to be gendered primarily to be made sense of mm. in that sense. And I just, like, I feel, and also as well, like, oh, I've been doing so much research into our process of sense-making recently. Uh-huh. Yeah, specifically around the notion of the Thulu scene. Ah, uh, yeah, with Donna Haraway, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I have a fun fact for you. The Donna Haraway movie is... Uh, someone has uploaded the Donna Haraway movie onto YouTube for free. Oh, really? Great. Uh, yeah, it's not even officially released yet. <clears throat> Sick. Yeah, it's really good. Like, it's not officially released, uh, and it's really, really hard to watch it, unless you are in Berlin, where the Zeno Entities Network used to be playing it, like, every single two... Every two weeks. Yeah. While saying, we're never going to show this again, so get it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. You know, I think about this because like one of the things about being sort of like uh, a non-binary trans femme is that very often hooking up involves a bit of misrecognition. And then like like you go in between like uh, caring about that and not caring about that. Uh, (laughs) Often depending on how horny you are. Um, Yeah. and, uh, And... it's like the thing that I find really annoying about that is it's just so fucking exhausting to think about yourself all the time. Like, and it's so yeah. boring because I feel like actually my, 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 the, the only consistent relationship that I have to gender is just that I want to be left alone by it. Like I just, yeah. I find it like, uh, it like I find it to be a bit of a, like an attack on my dignity um, to have to like, ca- <laughs> like to have to care about something so basic all the time, you know, especially because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. going to have yeah. like an intelligible gender like anytime soon. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, like, yeah. So it's it's not going to happen anytime soon that the majority of people look at me and realize like and and understand signs that I'm putting out to like about who I am, might be because like by most metrics I don't exist and so yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah yeah and like I just get to the point where I'm like I'm quite clever and I think I can handle complex ideas so like forever focusing on something as simple and boring as my gender just feels a little bit sort of like beneath me to like have like have people present me with this problem all the time and so like I'm just like really I'm in a place where I I can think about it a lot less now I guess because I wear pants and people don't harass me every time I leave the door 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really a job for the straight allies, and like some of them are making the effort. Uh like because like uh, just so they're normalizing the idea of like uh, the people might not have conventional pronouns or these sorts of things. I mean, like uh, good for them, but also like yeah, this um because uh, also as well as this thing where it's like I still unfortunately I know that there's all these there's various modes of presentation and there's all these things and stuff like that. But ultimately, if you have to explain to someone what your gender is, then do you really have that gender? No. Uh, and that is my experience uh, of it and something that causes uh, uh, dysphoria. But like also the other thing is though, is that <clears throat> there is just that there is, uh, I mean, I also as well, part of me just thinks that maybe, maybe uh, like for me to have like uh, a certain like, or like no point of view, okay. You're a disembodied entity. And like I'm with you. You get Yeah, okay, you're a disembodied entity. And like you've been existing like on the peripheries of existence, okay, for like thousands and thousands of years. And then like there's an opening and finally you get to incarnate as a human. But you're trans. Oh <laughs> I'm fine like... with that deal. Ah yeah, but like, okay, no, but it's like uh I then I think that this is like a um uh Really? Yeah. Being <laughs> trans is great. Like, because you're just like, This is true. You're, for, is you're true, forced to was... do a bit of homework about who you are, which I think is really nice. And then trans people tend to be really nice to each other, at least in my experience. I've heard other, <laughs> uh, yeah. other, other accounts. But like, um, yeah. And... Yeah, but no, it's like, no, it's a... No, but also as well, it's a lot of labour. It's a lot of labour. Like, yeah. there's a, a things. Okay, you're definitely like, no, it's like... There, it's a lot of work, uh, a lot, a lot of work, and then also, I think definitely like definitely working off some sort of like indebted karma as well. Yeah, but imagine you wait all those millennia, um, uh, like for that existence, and then like you're born, and then oh, you're cis, and then oh. like, and then like, and then you're like, you have like a really like you have a like a pleasant, uneventful, and fulfilling life, and then you're dead forever, and it's like oh. That's what I was waiting for. Like you want some drama, babe. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that the cis don't know anything else, so they're happy. It's sort of like a cow in the field. I feel, I feel like there's with an ample supply of grass. <laughs> I feel like there's plenty of cis people who do know now. I think there's a lot of like well-meaning, guilty cis um, people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, there was. I, I had something for you to say. But I forgot what it was. On the other hand, what is quite amusing as well is that I was watching um, this the, uh, this joke horror movie trailer someone made for 2016 for what a buttfuck of a year it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, then now six days into 2021, Jamiroquai has stormed the, uh, Capitol Hill. <laughs> yeah, and I saw this spider. It's <laughs> 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 like, we thought, it's like, it's like, can we just talk? Okay, so I have a question for you. Who do yeah. you think is a bigger dickhead, Jamiroquai or that guy who stormed the capital? Like real Jamiroquai? Wait, was that not Jamiroquai? No, it wasn't real Jamiroquai. It's just a guy who looks like Jamiroquai. Whoa! <laughs> you thought you thought it was actual Jamiroquai? <laughs> well, that's because the nature of truth in a twenty-first century society is somewhat. 
You're able to accept a world in which Jamiroquai is storming the capital. <laughs> it's kind of what I thought. Yeah. I think some other people in my social media feed thought that too. I think I think they were joking. Oh my god, no. It wasn't very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'm going to carry on assuming it's Jamiroquai until I present with empirical. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was it. That was it. Wait, sorry. I remembered as well because like the problem is, right, is that, um, lol, I thought that was Jamiroquai, but like still. Just realizing how stupid that was. It took me a moment. I didn't realize that. Wait, what? Jamiroquai. Wait, why would I? Okay. I've just, oh, it's got to that point where I can just, I've got so used to seeing ridiculous headbutts on my phone. I can just look at that and be like, okay, that's happened. Anyway, so, um. <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. Yeah. Does that mean I can dress up as Jamiroquai? <laughs> I think you can. I become Jamiroquai. In a way, you've always been Jamiroquai. I think Jamiroquai. I know. Jamiroquai is such a dickhead. Oh my god! Like I, I've just I managed to avoid. I managed to uh, live my life avoiding any substantial uh, engagement with uh, the Big J. <laughs> the Big J. Well, that sounds like you had a, a, a lot on your plate while you were. Um, uh, avoiding that it sounds like a lot of things to be doing at the same time which kind of brings us to our uh, our theme actually for today which is <laughs> uh, eating I don't know Olympia could you just spell it out for me juggling you picked it <laughs> I know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god but you know we've, we forgot to introduce ourselves that's because it's fucking new year, new me. If you don't know by now, you need to get with the fucking program and that's on you, bitch. Uh, <laughs> so we're just not introducing ourselves. <laughs> yeah, just no. Okay. It, uh, let's just not do no, it. No, 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 no. No, no, let's just My... not do it. No, like, how dare you? Okay, 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 okay. So I am queen of the heavens and of the earth, empress of despair, architect of your eternal suffering, Olympia Bukakis. And I'm a failed minimalist, oozing gloop. And you're listening to our podcast, Slurry! Slurry! Good one. Yeah. <clears throat> and we are two queens who like to juggle. I don't know why I'm... Yes! <laughs> no, juggling. I think they, no, it's really funny. Okay, juggling, 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 juggling. I think so the, you picked the this. Thing is... why, why, why did you pick this theme, Gloop? I picked this because when you asked me about a theme, I was looking at a set of juggling balls that were on my shelf. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, wait, juggling is a physical thing, but also a social thing. Oh my God. There's multiple layers of reality intersecting into each other. Yeah. Juggling. Yeah. Well, basically as well, I've had just been dealing with the interplay recently of how basically like... You know, how objectively, I am amazing. True. Like, in many, like, objectively amazing. Unfortunately, 
I have a very, I have a subjective experience of the universe. So <laughs> I'm completely isolated from this as well. Like, uh, and that there's, uh, or also to do with the sensor basically as well. Like, uh, I hate my body, but I love myself, mm-hmm. which is like, and then also, but then basically as well, but I think it's kind of interesting that we, that with, that there's so much that going on that we basically, that we use this term juggling or like basically a circus act to denote all the different things that we have to, uh, intersect with within our lives according to a certain rhythm and how there are certain rhythms that do sort of operate within the way that we're working uh, and how we come to that, but also how we also just feel kind of like a clown who's been given control over this great big meat machine we call our bodies. Yeah, I remember when I um, <clears throat> when I was really upset, oh my God, two years ago, thank God, um, when I had to keep on performing and it, I did feel like the cry, the crying <laughs> clown juggling, like I was like going through some serious dramas, and I did eleven gigs in ten days for um, uh, for Pride, and and like, and I was sober the whole time, and I was around high people for like ten days doing eleven shows. Um, it was just fucked, and I definitely was like, it was. Like it did feel like the the crying clown juggling, but it's I think it's like juggling. What did you do after the eleventh? <laughs> I, I went out. <laughs> let's, let's say I, I relapsed. <laughs> yes, I, and I relapsed hard. I relapsed eleven yeah. gigs hard. I did the same amount of drugs I would do over this period of time. <laughs> and I did them right in my face. <laughs> I had, uh, let's say, quite a fun 24 hours. Um, uh, But uh, I think the thing about, like, the the thing that I thought about when you're talking about juggling is that it's just like, because you you have to keep, you have to focus on two things or three things. Two I can do. I can juggle two balls. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You have to focus on five things. You have to focus on your two hands and three balls. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so I can focus on four things. Then as soon as it got to three, juggling was yet another sort of, like, masculine dexterity skill that I couldn't master. And, you know, I was just thinking about this before we started recording because uh, when you... um, I read in this book, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk, which is apparently a name. Mm. uh, And... (laughs) 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 It's been very helpful for me, so I'm not... not But van der Kolk. Bessel van der Kolk. It's it's Dutch. Oh, van der Kolk. Um, okay, but right. um, I uh, he noted, and there's been studies or whatever. I'm not a science person. I think our dear listeners and you are both aware of that. But um, uh, there have been studies that show that people who are traumatized are quite physically clumsy. Um, and this, mm. when I read this, I like I felt my sort of sort of stomach drop out because when I was a teenager. I was quite clumsy, felt very uncomfortable in my body and like didn't feel like I always felt like I was failing at masculinity and whatever Mm. like physical task I was uh, attempting. And Mm. now like I'm quite well, I'm quite fit. I run a lot. I do lots of physical exercise. I manipulate my body on stage for people to see Um, like uh, so it's like actually this isn't that that wasn't who I was. It was that I was traumatized by the experience of being a queer teenager. And so I wonder if queers, mm. queer teenagers are not as good at juggling. What do you think? 
Ah, uh, yeah, like definitely. It's also, but it's like I uh, autistic people have bad motor coordination. Mm-hmm. Like, so I've just never, never, ever been a coordinated person. Like, um, uh, when I was younger, I used to run around. Uh, autistic people have very bad motor coordination, but they have a higher pain threshold than average. So when I was younger, I used to just run around, run into things, hit them, fall over, get back up, carry on, and I. And that sounds uh, as so was, I just cute. don't learn through pain. <laughs> I was covered in cuts and bruises. Like, my mum was just a bit like... I mean, thank God my father wasn't there, because otherwise it would have assumed so. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no, and so people thought that I was... Uh, yeah, is uh, I just looked like I was continuously, like, uh, like beaten or, or like, or, like uh, falling over or, like, whatever, like, uh, damaged. And um, there was that... No, but the reason I own a set of juggling balls is because uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous, you have to communicate with your higher mm-hmm. power. And you have to ask your higher power, or your higher power is something that will help you do things that you were not able to do before. So I was like, I'm going to get my higher power to help me learn to juggle. Huh. Great. Yeah. So it's part, it's part, uh, juggling is a very distinctive part of my recovery within Alcoholics mm-hmm. Anonymous, which is the idea of a skill. And I've not been practicing it for a very long time, but I actually was, when I was, re- when I was regularly practicing, uh, which is obviously a huge part of basically doing anything. It's like, oh, wait, if I regularly give these things attention and maintain them and like work on these and work on myself and work on my recovery, I become better at things and I begin to achieve things that I couldn't achieve before. And I actually began to be able to juggle three juggling balls at mm-hmm. the same time. And there's a there's ways to practice, there's ways of working. And there, it's also about basically as well is that your body has many capabilities that perhaps your conventional ego shell isn't possible to access. Mm-hmm. Like when pregnant women lift like cars off children and things like that, like, or, or mothers or whatever, like, you know, this sort of like, this is a, like, it's so cliche, but, um, but there's this. And, um, and so this, uh, so the skill of juggling seems like something that was quite simple and mechanistic that I could do that would put me outside of my comfort zone in a certain way that was a way in which I could begin to take time with myself and feel and to practice being present uh, and to, to practice something and to work with it as well. Uh, then I, I'm interested, how does juggling like what you've learned from juggling relate back to this problem when you first started talking about it, when you said like your objective, you're amazing. Like you love yourself, you hate your body. Like these, these problems of having these contradictory sort of like, uh, let's say they're like balls. (laughs) Um, How how has what you've learned? How has what you've learned? How does that apply to that? Uh, It's definitely best to bring something else into the situation. Sorry? It's very easy. Those are two balls. You've got to get a third. Yeah. <laughs> you have to bring something else into it because basically as well as that, also as well as that, if you, you have this on one hand and you have this on the other kind of thing, then you have basically a balanced polarity. Mm-hmm. And that basically as well is that also, or also at the same time as well is that the, that can just exist. Yeah. That can just exist in that way because there is love within the mm-hmm. economy. And it's also just kind of like, I don't actually have to love my body. It's also, I don't have to feel, I don't actually feel so attached to it in many ways and that are that also that I love myself and I'm worthy of love like regardless even though there are things that I 
you know, even though there are things that I mm-hmm. don't like in certain ways or the things that I don't see or I don't understand within that sense. And that, um, and that also that many of these things just come from the simple configuration within which we live. But that also as well that it shows that if you take time to work on things, that you can get better at them and things can change. Beautiful. I mean, I wanted to know as yeah. well. <laughs> this is a great answer. I wanted to know as well. <clears throat> frog in my throat. Uh, I wanted to know uh, because we've talked often in the past, especially on this podcast, about how Cartesian mind body dualism is like is no oh, yeah. thing. But now we're sort of talking mm. in a framework which fits with that quite a bit. That it's like there's you and then there's your body. <clears throat> how do you square that? Yeah. Because basically, as well, there is the corporeal existence within which we have to, like, find ourselves and within the various material things that we have to do. And then there's kind of a mental existence. Like, Descartes didn't pull the mind-body distinction out of, like, nowhere. It's like, we also have a body that also has clothes. Are clothes your body? No. But are they a marker of your body? I think it also, it goes back to Plato, I think. Ah, whatever, like, it goes back to the, to, you know, in some way it will come back to the patriarchal Greek war state. Um, uh, Would you suck so, Plato's it, dick? Uh, well, <laughs> actually, Plato and Aristotle were like the only two Greek philosophers who did not want some young nubile uh, boys sucking their dick. Yeah, but like, I asked you. <laughs> You're nearly 30, babe. Yes. Out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think <laughs> oh, you're a little bit true. past your use by thinking... date for ancient Greek standards. <laughs> but yeah, no, yes. Out of out of spite, I would have Plato held down and I would do it dressed as Medusa. Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, like... <sighs> and so like when, when you get sick of it, like the snakes in your hair could like take over from giving the blowjob. Oh my god! Right? Imagine as well, just like <laughs> I told you, I was back Imagine on the wagon just... when it comes to sex. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> back. Yeah, yeah. I'm also just imagining what would happen if you just taped loads of snakes to your head. Would they bite you, or would they bite anyone you came near? Both. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine stapling the snakes on? The... <laughs> <laughs> But I, I have a death... I, you can only get one on there. I have a deathly fear of snakes. I'm terrified. Do you? Yeah, I have a real phobia. I'm I completely want a pet snake. You want, you want one? Want I want a pet snake. Yeah. If I know there's a snake in the house, I can't be there. Oh my God. But like, then what would be even better is to wear the snake as a necklace and then hug you. Oh, you know, you find like it. because we're talking about snakes, I have this bit of fabric on the floor and I just lifted my feet off the floor because I thought it was a snake out the corner of my eye. Because I, <laughs> cause I grew up in a place that has like some of the oh, most yeah, dangerous did. snakes in the world, but it's not that it's the, it's the kind of genetic phobia thing. You know, they know, like they found that like phobias of spiders and snakes are genetic um, to, to have a fear of the way that they move. Uh, like can be passed mm. down through generations because it's such an old and useful yeah. fear to have. And I have that intensely. I still get, I still freak out and jump away from sticks living in Berlin. <laughs> Although when I was younger, that could, yeah, like not many people die of snake bites in Australia, but I did have some of the most. That's because they all jump away from them. Uh, yeah, exactly. I like, I had like, yeah, some of the most, a very venomous snake. I, I grew up in its territory. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there's that. So, 
Okay. But yeah, no, I think that with the mind-body dualism, of course, there is this this process. Of course, there are just things like where it's like we find ourselves operating a meat computer, you know? And it's like, obviously, that actually is not a binary... Si but that's not a binary situation. That is uh, just like gender is not actually a binary situation as well. Like, but it's something that appears as if it is when you look at it and you don't take into account a larger sample size or a larger set of people's experiences. Yeah, I guess I, I, I see myself as like a set of systems. Um, and I guess it's not such a leap to say that some of those systems, well, it's just true. Some of those systems are involved in consciousness and, and a lot of them aren't. But I, yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, but also as well, the point is as well as within the Cartesian mind-body dualism, that doesn't take into account the dualism of mind, which is to say the conscious and unconscious. But even that itself, then that dualistic experience could be broken down into other parts, which also you can take to be like the primordial lizard brain and stuff like that. So this whole kind of experience of like drawing this line in the sand, uh, every single time you draw a line in the sand, then you can draw a line in the sand and the other things. And basically it's that the binary thinking is one to do of the cultural position of self and other. Self and other is not an innate thing. Like there's, it's very uh, anthropologically speaking, there are different, uh, I don't know so much about this, but basically, Butler mentions it at the end of Gender Trouble, but it's just that the idea of self and other and the idea of seeing yourself as a coherent thing, well, this is really part of uh, alienated capitalism because basically people in previous times didn't see themselves as being distinct from the land. And I mean Western people, I mean Western medieval peasants. Yeah. They were sort of the other land. And also as well, they saw themselves as being part of the king and the king is part of the country. So that during the French Revolution, uh, when the peasants were like uh, screaming at the king for like bread and suffering and all these things, when the king came out, they still uh, bowed and cried at his beauty. So the, the thing is that actually people didn't have the ability of mental abstraction, which is why the French Revolution was such a shock mm -hmm. and why it did create these things. People didn't have the mental <clears throat> abstraction to see themselves as being independent in this way, that we are actually all one continuous flow from like peasant to lord to king in that sense. And the king's power descended down from God. So the king had no way to experience the king as any other way than the king. And no one else had a way to experience him as that. And everyone saw themselves as being within some kind of large static system. Within of which, of course, there were mobile actors, but it's not this, you know, is that the mind with which we look upon history is not the mind that those people had in that moment. Yeah, I think that's very important um, yeah. to keep in mind. You know all about this with the colours. The colours? Ah, uh, yeah. Shining seas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because I, uh, I think it's a Michaela, uh, an essay by Michaela Sassy, Sassy, I... Uh, it's called The Sea Was Never Blue, and you can find it on Aeon uh, online for free. I really like this, I, yeah, this, this yeah. thing because it's like it, like it talks about how that the ancient Greeks perceived color in a way that's different to us, right? And so, mm. um, uh, and so at one point, uh, colors were standardized and that there were um, four primary colors, and they were black, white, red, and shining. Uh, shining is like the uh, like uh, like the way that uh, the way that water glints uh, the, the way that like light glints off water. This is why like in the Iliad, because mm. uh, it's all about why in the Iliad, the sea and the Odyssey, the sea is never described as blue. 
Um, it's very often described mm. as it's all these different things, but it's never described as blue. And this is because hue, like what, like what's, uh, what we like have se- separated into like the, the Newtonian scale was not the primary way mm. that ancient Greeks um, perceived color. They were much more interested in light and darkness and, and the way that they, these two played. <clears throat> and so you have, um, which, which is why they say that the sea is wine-like, like the wine-dark sea mm. refers to the fact that uh, at some times uh, the light glints off the, uh, the sea in the same way that light glints off uh, wine in a wine cup which is why they also very often in the insides of these cups had engravings of naval scenes on the inside of their wine cups. Oh my God. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. How kitsch. Yeah. And that like, why, why, the Ooh, way that... look at them. There's a store. <coughs> you can shake the wine cup. Exactly. <laughs> and so what, uh, like I find this really useful because it reminds me of gender and you could have this with anything. Mm. Basically you're talking about like the, the existence of the subject um, that mm. like that this is like uh, contingent. Like if the Greeks can look at the at the sea and um, and the, if the ancient Greeks uh, can look at the sea yeah. and not have the most important thing jump out be the color, this means that we can all look at very similar physical phenomena or uh, or very complex uh, social phenomena and see different things. And so this is why like mm. like I think in some sort of like gender utopia. Like people might not necessarily look different, but the way that people perceive people would be yeah. very different. And that would be juggling different perspectives. <laughs> there is a fun thing. Uh, I also feel that within this notion of juggling is something that we definitely have different opinions on, which is mental gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, okay, what, I'm, I don't know what our differing opinions are. What are our differing opinions? The way that Alcoholics Anonymous refers to God. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which the Alcoholics Anonymous version of God is, yeah, we say God, but not God as in God, but God as in like God, you know, like, like, kind of like, like your God, you know, who is God, but that's not God without that bit God being this God that is not God, but is God, but is your God. So just say God, even though that God is not God. God is so simple. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good bit. And I mentioned it. Yeah, and I mentioned it to you and you were like, yeah, I'm just not down for these mental gymnastics. And I was like, unfortunately, I need to be. Um, well, I, don't, I think yeah. it's, I th- for me, it's... But I think mental gymnastics is an interesting thing to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, gym. absolutely. I, I think, and this example is a really good one because I, because obviously AA is started by Christians, right? And then it's been opened up mm. and made... It's a really interesting social formation, right? Because no one's no one's making profit it is, of it, and it's it's really yeah. it's a very, it's a very um, in a time of increasing um, like social fracture and uh, and individualization. Um, it's a collective structure which seems to thrive, and I find that very interesting. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, the like it's it's clear that it's been opened up so that it's open to people other than Christians. And this is obviously a nice thing for them uh, to to have been done. But I feel like this, like jumping around this idea of the God, um, like I find like it turns me off, but actually, you know, I think it turns me off. Uh, One, because I don't, I don't want to be sober anymore. Um, But, (laughs) but, uh, but two, but I, I may again. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely holding AA there as a thing that it's like, this could be quite useful at some point in the future. Um, But like, um, uh, when I was six, I went to uh, 
the Tuesday Club at church. It was a village of a thousand people, so it was like a place to hang out with kids. Um, and I, yes, are you call a village a, a thousand people is a village? Yeah. What like I grew up. I think actually the technical term for what I grew up in is actually a hamlet, but we called it a village. Okay, but it was a hundred people. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm 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 not from England. Um, <laughs> um, so the, this was small even by English standards yeah. which is a very small island with a very large coronavirus count so well done there yeah, it's pretty <laughs> intense um, but uh, so and I went and I remember like drawing um, I was drawing a picture of like one of the soldiers at Jericho who was scared I don't know because they were fighting against I don't know. Um, anyway, I like so as a six-year-old was encouraged to draw pictures from a war that happened uh, in uh, Palestine like a couple of thousand years ago, um, and mm-hmm. I um, uh, like got excited about that. Went home to mum and said, "Mum, I believe in God," and she said, mm. "Why?" And I. <laughs> <laughs> Like, not, not like she wasn't against me believing in God, but she was like, okay, why? And I was like, mm. that was a very brief flirtation with Christianity. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't have an answer for that. And so I guess we're back to the drawing board with that one. And so, um, and I think it's just, for me, it just feels like what other people might call spiritually important um, mm. to sort of like really think of myself as a like, like a mortal like body that will then no longer exist this feels like a very important idea for me so whenever like any sort of like metaphysical ideas about like like uh, about like like a higher like if I could think of a higher power then I would think that would be society right the society that I need to submit to in order to become a subject that would be incredibly depressing right but yeah 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 i get it i get it i get it it's being a materialist but also as well i feel that in a certain form is that uh material well like e equals mc squared basically so like energy energy forms materiality now there's a really interesting article in tab i've got open to i would like to open which is no i've got open i need to read and uh it's finally it just says that uh time may only exist as a structure within our mind which is the first time I've seen a scientific paper about time that I'm even remotely time like there time there is no objective notion there is no objective time basically time is relative and that we are all relative and basically that what is um, that we are a series that basically uh, everything is vibrating and everything is alive mm-hmm. in that sort of sense like uh, the amount of space like atoms if you actually took like the amount of space if you took atoms and only made them solid like they would shrink down. Hugely, we'd all just disappear and stuff like that. So we're all, in essence, uh, moving and uh, vibrating uh, within some way. Like, so anything that we think is still is simply still from our perspective and from the perspective of the relative systems that constitute us in that sense. So, and this, which now, now I'm saying relative systems, this immediately comes back to this Cartesian notion of like mind and self, where it's like, I mentally exist and I physically exist and this thing exists in that way and that thing exists in this way. And so it's like, fine. And, what we're seeing is that the there's you know it's also as well that this and this fits in this very cartesian notion of the self fits in with this very idiotic notion that when i put something into the bin it vanishes 
which is, and you can say, I know very well that it goes to a landfill or something like that. I know very well that, I know very well, but so, like on, in a certain sense, you just throw it in there and it vanishes. And what we're seeing is we're seeing the limit of our planet to actually uh, sustain this process, you know, where it's just like with this. And so it's kind of like, I've actually been laughing a lot at like flat earthers recently, mm -hmm. but like there was a certain point where I was engaging flat earthers and they were like, look at it, it's flat. And they were being so, set, it was, it, it just kind of, it knocked me over because I was like, wait, how do I actually explain to someone that earth is round? And I was a bit like, it was a, and now, now I look back and I'm like, I can't believe for one second I ever thought that I would not be able to explain to someone that the earth is round. It's like, look at the moon, like, look at everything else. But there is something about this, this Cartesian mind-body-self, which does also entail, like, a, the, a certain logic of a flat earth, which is to say, and the, our political logics are flat in many ways, that they, they, these simple things interact with each other. And, um, and we don't have... Uh, this notion, I completely forgot what started me down this path, but there's this notion of uh, complex inter oh yeah, complex interrelated systems, and that this itself could be seen as basically what Hegel calls spirit. In this sense, I've tried to read Hegel, but it's so hard. Look, it's not about it's not about reading Hegel. It's just that the notion of that there is a spirit to this world at the same time as there's a material aspect, and there is the very material immediacy. There is actually a greater sense of interconnectedness. That flow, that is in a form of flow that moves through all things. I feel like and, I well that that is also literally true. Yeah. Like with energy exchange yeah. and like eating and like photosynthesis and yeah. all of this sort of stuff. This is I just feel like all of these um, systems that we can observe are just so beautiful and elegant that like yeah. that's kind of enough for me. Uh, like yeah. Yeah, I think if you it. like though this this but this this can be your higher power as well. This itself, like the faith in the beauty of the world, because it's about the idea of there's a really really great brain called um, a stroke of a video called a stroke of imagination or a stroke of genius or something. It's on YouTube. Stroke of imagination, stroke of genius. It's about a neuroscientist who had a stroke, and so she was having a stroke, and she tells a very 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 good story about it, and she's like, uh, but obviously she was having a stroke, so it's terrible. But she was like, she's like, fuck, I'm having a stroke. But then she was like, wow, how many neuroscientists get to examine their brain from the inside? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And there's the left brain and the right brain. And she actually gets a real human brain out into the demonstration she shows. And they're very, they're very distinctly separate as well. Mm. These two halves of the brain are very separate. Uh, but basically... Sorry, um, what happens is, is, is uh, I think it's the left brain that basically sees oneself in, uh, in, in, within sequence, as it were. So I am this, I am that. I have to buy the groceries for the house and do all these things and, and you know, all these stuff and all the various things that I forget to do to get me in trouble in shared houses. And then um, there's the, uh, the, the right brain is basically uh, you and your high. And you're like, oh my god, existing things, like all of this stuff, like that. And they they come. It's like Apollo and, and Dionysus. Basically, this is it. And so AA is about taking you out of the the sequential thinking part, which is also your brain chatter and your self talk, and just allowing you to be. Uh, more present within what you're doing, mm. which is why AA says twenty four hours at a time, and that basically the it was found that alcoholics, when Alcoholics Anonymous came out, were just untreatable. Mm -hmm. 
They were just untreatable, more or less. And one of them, uh, one of them who was an alcoholic, the founder, consulted with Carl Jung, who basically said the only thing that can heal an alcoholic is a spiritual experience. And so AA is a program designed to engender a spiritual experience. And that that can that can happen, and the uh, and that's to do with also what you could do as well is that rather than a Cartesian notion of self and God and all these things, you can take one a Spinozan self, of a sort of imminent uh, experience in that sense. And that basically though that what's really great that I heard someone recently is that the language of AA is you should just think of it in the same way as you think of Shakespeare, mm-hmm. and the language of God and the Christianity that's inherent within it is simply just a timestamp of of where it is yeah exactly exactly well this is what this is why i like i would not have um uh like i could this is why i could deal with it if i if i wanted to be in the uh, like needed to be in the program (laughs) um uh but like it would bother me because it was just like it's just that extra layer, layer of gymnastics that I would have to do that it's just like to get around gymnastics. this. Gymnastics. And just like a lot of people who believe in God tend not to be, tend not to believe in me, you know? Um, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, I just had a, I had a, um, uh, a, a realisation, I think when I was 19 or 20, when I was like, I used to be very, very anxious about my health. Um, mm. which I also now trace back to just the trauma of growing up uh, as like uh, a different child. Um, mm. <clears throat> and uh, so that manifested as like hypochondria and I get really, really anxious about it and like blah, blah, blah. And I realized when I was 19 or 20 that I only really believed in God or the afterlife when I was scared that I was sick. And then mm. from then on, I was like, ah, oh, well, like, I'm not going to, like, that's no reason to have any sort of belief system. Like, if, I, if I'm if i going to believe in some sort of, like, like something supernatural or whatever, um, then I, like, I, be- I either believe that all the time or mm-hmm. not at all. Like, not just because I'm sick, because it, it was too inconsistent. And so once I made that decision, I think I became vegetarian soon after. Um Mm. Yeah, I must have been going through like a bit of a phase. I eat meat. Yeah, <laughs> I eat meat now, but I'm still a committed atheist. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you only eat meat like twice a week, though. I try to. Also, like, but now you're just guzzling into that fleshy, fleshy beast. Yeah, I guess I, I like I just focus on other stuff in my life more. But also, I have to qualify that I'm very, very suspicious of militant atheists because after 2016, a lot of them turned into fascists. Um, yeah, it was such a thing. People are like, "Yeah, I'm against Christianity," and you're like, "Yeah," and they're like, "And Judaism," and you're like, "Okay," and they're like, "And especially Islam." It's like, "Okay, that <laughs> like like uh, two uh, yeah," and, and then they and then they always go, "Yeah," and trans people with their pronouns, and it's like, "What? What?" <laughs> like, but it is. I'm glad to know that I'm seen as a, a religious project. I definitely think that you're a religious project. <laughs> yeah, because it's a matter of faith. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but also like I did a tarot reading with you, and that like, despite oh, yeah. my like suspicions about uh, like anything otherworldly, uh, was a real uh, like epiphany and moment for me. Yeah, well, the tarot, as I, I told you at the time, but basically modes of divination are just kind of basically like maps of like quantum, like quantum entanglement, which is like the idea that we are just enmeshed in many different ways, but it's sort of 
and even that sort of is like a complete like quantum entanglement. Like, what is this? What is this buzzword? And basically, it means that things with edges and electrons and all this stuff just move, and that there's ways of the uh, interacting with the world. Like quantum physics is happening whether you like it or not, basically. And there are ways of interacting with the world, and there are ways of uh, tracing this or measuring this in certain ways, which you can basically comes down to, to divination, which is basically you need something that moves in a lot of ways with like a lot of edges or something like that. And that this is something that you can use to uh, trace uh, quantum entanglement. But that also that prayer basically works within the same way, because what you do is that in the action of prayer and the very classic position of prayer is that you align yourself around a single purpose whilst focusing on a higher notion or like some other thing sort of outside of yourself. And that basically within that, what you can do is you can realign all of your systems into a form of coherency that provides basically serenity and peace within that. So that, and that that is not, but that's not something that is like bestowed upon you by like a sky father. Like, uh, I want a but- sky father. A sky, I mean, yeah, no, yeah, I'd be mean, like, oh god, sky daddy, like, oh, <laughs> sky daddy, oh, can't imagine because you go on your knees and someone down a sky daddy to like give it to you. Oh my god, Woo. yeah, it was a bit of a sky daddy that I hooked up with, but not like from the sky, just like just from earth, from earth. But like, what did he have? Like white hair, clouds, he had a little bit of bit of a polar bear, a little bit of gray hair, yeah, a bit of gray hair, salt and pepper. Yeah, that's such the way you say oh, that is so shit. gross. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I just want to become. Yeah, I want to just become one of the cock destroyers. I feel like you could do that. I think you have that in you. Like big with like big slutty titties. We go. Who are we? Cock destroy. No, I don't want to do an impression anymore. I love them. They're just, they just have such hearts of gold. And I was thinking maybe I know, um, I was thinking maybe it would be fun to get a little bit of lip fillers. <laughs> just like a baby amount. Yeah. Oh, that's it though. This is what I mean about, this is something I meant about the, um, the sandpaper fleshlights, uh, remark that I made earlier. I feel that as well for myself. I don't, feel like surgery or facial feminization or all these things are anything i really want to engage with in terms of so you don't want to come and get uh, lip fillers with me well i do maybe want one on my top lip actually but i'm also worried that i would get really fucked up but i mean like you know, <laughs> okay not to confirm i don't want to go and get lip fillers for uh my trans identity but do i want to come and get lip fillers with you absolutely right yeah yeah do it like it in the same way what, that it was like what was it uh like berlin no botox yes being trans, no. Lip fillers, yes. I've just got some funding. Can we go and get lip fillers? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's, get, let's do okay, it. Let's do it. Oh no, but this really because I was like in my new thing of like my my like bra burning feminism transition. I was like, wow, I think I'm probably going to be one of the first people in the world who's going to transition and become more butch. <laughs> well, apart I was like apart, fully apart from trans men. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we have not seen how far this is going to go yet. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah, no, I'm like, oh god, imagine if we could just suck like stab uh syringes into our testicles, suck out testosterone and like give it to trans guys. I really would you I want really to do don't want to put syringes in my testicles. No, it's okay, I'll put it in yours if you oh put it in mine. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> <I can't. laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely not letting you know my testicles with a syringe. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a very precise hand, so I might miss. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And also, even if you did get it, like... Uh, yeah, absolutely. That, would, that might be worse. Yeah, I feel like there's yeah. better ways for us to show our solidarity with the trans masculine community. <sighs> than stabbing each other's trans balls. <laughs> yeah, I know. I want to maybe just get my balls removed, set in resin and worn as earrings. I think that could look Wouldn't really that be great. Good. Like, with your jawline, boink. I think that'd look really nice. Yeah, boink, boink, boink. Or maybe just Christmas ornaments. Like every time you turn your head and they like bump up against your jaw, you go like, oh. <laughs> like, oh. I'd be like, be like, oh, God damn, man, spreading. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, yeah. that actually, I, I think that's actually like. Wait, oh, my God. Sorry, two seconds. You have your testicles removed, set in resin and turned into a self-defense weapon. Like nunchucks. <laughs> No, like studded, so that you just like, so you can just like kn- knuckle dust. <laughs> That's such a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Covered in spikes. I, well, I was going to say, I think that's the best way we've ever left an episode, but you're talking a, 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 like even a, a level higher. I think this is, this is ever, that was the most important thing that either one of us have to say about juggling. Oh no! That's what we're gonna do with the balls when we take them off. I I think I'm just gonna keep juggle. <laughs> I'm gonna have my testicles made into juggling balls, <laughs> and I'm gonna do shows where I juggle them because that's my AA required. Fantastic! Yeah. There we go. I think I'll stick with drag and also just keep my testicles. I feel like I don't I don't want to use them as a prop. I do need a third ball though. So if there's anyone out there who, uh, you know, is <laughs> so dear to, listeners, so that you could do the more complicated tricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, also as a cover in case I lose one. Yeah. How bad would that be? I've lost my testicle. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure to speak with you, Gloop. I hope uh, you, dear listeners, have enjoyed our most educational episode yet. Uh, we'll be back yeah. next week. Uh, so yeah, get get juggling. I don't know. Get juggling. No, get us into your fucking Instagram stories already and tag us. We fucking love it. Yeah. P.S. Shout out to Fat Butcher for having one of my favorite names on Instagram. Yeah, it's such a good name. <laughs> yeah, Fat Butcher. You know the reference? Uh, Ma Butcher. No, Pat Butcher. Pat Butcher. Oh no, I don't know who that is. Pat Butcher is from EastEnders who always wore who she would wear she would wear she would wear uh testicles as earrings, definitely. Amazing. Well. Wow. Yeah. Well, great name, Fat Butcher. Uh yeah, great name. Mwah. See you next episode. Bye. See you next episode. Bye.